0: I on 2020 episode 184 Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of ION 2020. Thank you for joining me for another day week and life of the uh, candidates and their policies of positions bringing you the news the things that you need to know so that whenever you get there in front of your friends and so forth you are going to be able to have the conversations needed to help them move in a libertarian direction Uh, i'm not trying to get you to vote for libertarians per se i'm trying to get you to vote for people that focus more in on liberty and uh, free markets and limited government that's that's my goal whether democratic republican whether they're third party green party running independent whoever they are on the state local and federal level uh go ahead and vote for the most libertarian people that you could find because as we grow our movement as we start showing people that smaller government is a better way then other politicians will start trying to oblige those oblige us right they'll start trying to at least pander to our views and we'll get more libertarian leaning people to start running as well if they see that they can win so that's a good thing so that's my goal is to just kind of spread the message of liberty let you guys know about uh, libertarian ideals and also to let you know about the candidates and where they stand on their positions, so that you can tell your friends and your family about those people uh and how those views may not be the best views for america those are views that may not be uh those ideas that they have those policies that they have may not really have the intended consequences, or the intended effects that they want but they might have some unintended consequences so that's what I, that, that's what i do every single day monday through friday for you this is uh i 2020 and i'm just trying to focus in on the news and the events that lead up to the 2020 election so uh hopefully you'll join me every single day you can do that by subscribing to the show you can also follow me on uh, facebook IonTheempire.com on as my website as well so f- save an i on the empire you'll find me there on Facebook, and on Twitter. And then if you want to email me, you can email me at, at com as well. Um, I just wanted to bring you guys a quick show today, and it's going to basically talk about a couple of things that I've been thinking about all day today. And I was actually thinking about it over the weekend as well, because when I was, well, hold on. First of all, though, we got to talk about Donald Trump and his little tweets that he says that we are locked and loaded, ready to go against Iran. Hopefully, by the time this show comes out, uh, he hasn't bombed Iran. I don't know what he's going to do. But um, so, over the weekend, you guys have probably heard the news by now that Saudi, Saudi Arabia had some of uh, these Houthis, I guess. Uh, they're flying they've been doing it for a while though you probably haven't heard a lot about it on the news because they don't really cover this Yemen thing because it's been a tragedy that's been going on in Yemen in the first place with the fact that since like 2013 or 2014 or so uh, Saudi Arabia has been continuously bombing them continuously bombing civilian targets and also uh, they have an embargo around the entire country so they can't get any food in there and this is a country specifically that has to bring in almost all of it's food, and a a lot of it's water, because you know how it is in Saudi Arabia and around there in Yemen. It's desert, right? So they don't have a lot of water and stuff. So a lot of that stuff has to come in from outside. There's people starving. Uh, They say like um, maybe like 50,000 kids have died from cholera. I mean, it's just a terrible tragedy that's going on there, and it's been going on for a long time, and it only has been in about the last year or so that you start hearing a couple of people in the congress that have started to um to to try to get us out of that particular war to try to push donald trump to stop funding that war it started under obama and donald trump has continued to uh help the saudis in their in their war against yemen right so uh supposedly i've heard this from other sources that um not only do we this is common knowledge that we have our airplanes that are refueling their airplanes our people are refueling their airplanes to go over there and do those bombing campaigns and so forth right um but i've also heard that we have like um special forces on the border of saudi arabia which have gone in and hit targets in yemen as well um i don't know that that, that stuff is on the record or not i'm not sure i've just heard through different sources that that's the case and uh it is possible i wouldn't put it past them but um donald trump has been selling the weapons to the saudis as well and that is those weapons specifically have been used in yemen so that's been going on for a while and the yemen over the course about the last nine months or so i think it was around nine months ago you heard that the yemen like the the houthis in yemen they have started using some drone technology i don't know how sophisticated their drones are i can't they're not like our drones where you have you know, people in America flying all over the world um, from a trailer out in the middle of a army base somewhere in like um, New Mexico or something that has a that they take off with these things and they're over Afghanistan. Like they can't be, I can't imagine that they're that technologically technologically advanced. Uh, but about nine months ago, maybe six six to nine months ago or so, you heard about the first time where a drone was able to hit a target in Saudi Arabia and they were saying wow they were able to bring the war to Saudi Arabia and they were able to hit a couple of targets in there and then recently they hit as of over the weekend they hit some I guess some major targets right in the middle of Saudi Arabia and it was able to cut their oil production by about half. And that's amazing they were able to do that. But I imagine these people are trying to do it because They've been getting bombed for the last... I mean, it's a civil war over there in the first place, right? It used to be North northern Yemen and southern Yemen, I think. It was like two separate countries. One was a socialist country. One was um, under shrivel law of some sort. And then they kind of merged together. But um, And I don't know too much about the Houthis by any means. I'm not like an expert in that particular thing. All I know is that Saudi Arabia has basically um, been hitting civilian targets and it's kind of you know, trying to starve them out in some ways, but a lot of that comes down to they're trying to star- starve out the Houthis and the rebels, but they're also starving the people in Yemen as well. They're, they're, they're committing war crimes by any means. And I think even the uh, international community through the United Nations has said that, that that what they're doing is wrong. And now the Congress has passed a couple of different resolutions that said they want us to stop selling weapons to Saudi Arabia and they want us to get uh, not be involved in their war in Yemen, right? So, over the weekend, with the hit, with the bombing of, or I guess they had some drones that they were able to get in there and and drop bombs on some of these targets, and I've seen pictures, like there's just um, massive black pumes of smoke that are just shooting up that are these oil fields, right? And it hit them right at the heart of their economy. I mean, Saudi Arabia, their entire economy is based upon one thing is that's oil. They've been trying to change it and become more technologically advanced, but this is a com- this is a country that's a complete welfare state that's based upon the oil revenue. It really is. I mean, I think ev- I think like they say 50 or 60% of the population gets checks from the government every single every single year or every single week in order to uh because it's the because they're part of the i guess the royal family or they get they they just cut checks to these people and it comes from the oil revenue right and then but supposedly saudi arabia is just a tale of two two groups one that's impoverished and one that's um taken care of by the state and that's about it um so they're dependent upon that stuff and when they cut their they when they have to cut their oil production in half that affects the world economy that affects the world market price of oil it affects the um in total i mean it affects it affects the economy of every country in the world and that by hitting one of those targets it's going to force the other nations in 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 the world to rethink this entire strategy that Saudi Arabia has i would imagine i'm sure that's the case of what they're thinking what these houthi rebels are thinking by sending a drone over there and dropping these bombs um I'm not sure exactly what their entire strategy is but it does wake the world up to what's going on in Yemen. And uh so I'm sure that's the strategy. I, I refuse to take a side on either of these. I know that the Saudi the Saudi government has been making doing some very um terrible things to the people in Yemen, but I also know that the Houthi rebels, I'm not sure who they are or if they're the good guys in this group or not because they're they are willing to wage war and sacrifice all this stuff, so they're the bad guys as well. So I'm not defending either of them in that way. I would just say this, is that um, we don't need to be involved in it here in America. That's the one thing I can absolutely be certain of. And I'm pretty sure that Saudi Arabia would, would not be doing what they're doing if they were not supported by the United States. They definitely wouldn't be doing that. And they wouldn't be able to get the weapons that they need um, if it wasn't for the United States. Now, they might buy them from from, the, or from Russia. Uh, they might buy them elsewhere. But at least it wouldn't be our blood basically spilling, or our hands spilling that blood in a roundabout kind of way. We don't need to be involved in that. Now, as soon as this happens, though, what does the Trump administration do? What does the... Uh, what does Mike Pompeo go out and do? I don't think in Trump's tweet he didn't really mention Iran, right? He did not mention Iran. <clears throat> Mike Pompeo did though. Mike Pompeo on the Sunday shows he was mentioning Iran as the per, as the culprit in this particular act, and um, he said that you know we're basically Donald Trump said we're locked and loaded, and Mike Pompeo basically said in a roundabout way, yeah, we will defend. You know our ally Saudi Arabia, and we need to look into this further. But is it even our business to be over there? Should we should we be as um, Tulsi Gabbard said it? She she put this tweet um, that we don't need to be Saudi Arabia's bitch in this matter. Excuse my language. I never curse on this show, but that's the, that's the exact quote that she used, and uh, it's true. We don't need to be doing Saudi Arabia's bidding in this particular issue. Um, if it's Iran, if it is, in fact, Iran that did it, they deny it. I don't trust the Iranian government just like I don't trust our own. But if that is the case, then definitely um, we don't need to be involved in that. That's, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, Iran has been a bad actor in the past, I'm sure, and so but so have we, you know, so have we, we're, we're the ones that invaded Iraq. We're the ones that continue to occupy Syria. We're the ones that have the bases in Saudi Arabia and so forth. Like we are the ones that antagonize Iran a lot. We're the ones that have bases surrounding Iran. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that, to be honest with you. But I mean, it's none of our business. It really isn't. And I don't think the American people are going to support Donald Trump in this entire endeavor, I don't. I absolutely can't see the American people supporting Donald Trump and out. D- just because it's the oil wells. Should we support him because of that? Because it's going to affect our gas prices. <laughs> you know, like, oh, so it's going to cause us to have to spend an extra um, 15 bucks when we fill up our tank. So we're supposed to support him because of that. Absolutely not. That's what it sounded like to me in one of his tweets that he wrote. It sounded like he was saying, you know, they attacked the oil wells and we're locked and loaded and ready to go to defend you know, our interests. I just... I, it gets back to the whole idea we invaded, you know, Iraq to get the oil. We invaded, you know, we're, we're over there because of the oil. And we are over there. As the, the entire world, the only interest that they have is in those countries is a fact that there's oil there it's been like that from the very beginning since world war one they knew the oil was there they had to have it for the armies and they i mean it became a focal point of part of the world war one it became a focal point in world war two and afterwards we just we all fought for control of that particular area iran happened to become an ally of the soviet union syria became an ally of the soviet union but we had iraq we had uh, Iran, we had Saudi Arabia, you know, like every country was able to make their allies within that particular region so that they can make sure that they can get that constant flow of oil. And it's been like that ever since. So that that is the reason why we even have interests over there in the first place. But I think that it's just, it, I don't know that the American people support it, guys. I don't. And, um, and it, can you imagine us going to war over the fact that iran supposedly bombed some oil fields that they may have may or may not have bombed the oil fields the houthi rebels definitely claimed that they did it and the reason why they did it is because they're fighting a war against saudi arabia and they had attack attack them on the inside they had to bring it to the people they had to hit the country at its heart in order to get the people to wake up i'm guarantee you that's why they would do it um so, that's my that's my feelings on that. Uh that's that's the way I feel about that. And I mean, let me go ahead and change the subject real fast though because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about with you guys today. Um the other thing I wanted to talk about was this. I was thinking about this. You hear and I I saw it on one of the Sunday morning shows that I, that I watch. I I watch uh CBS Sunday morning. It's just like um it's not a political show by any means. It, they talk about you know just general interest stuff a lot of times but one of the things that they brought up was that teachers pay was low and teachers pay has actually gone down with inflation by about two or three percent over the last you know 25 years or something like that and the teachers that were striking last year over higher teacher pay and so forth um this is public school teachers by the way and i don't want to get into the debate of whether public school is good or bad because public schools are already here And you guys know how I feel about public school in general. You guys, being a libertarian, we believe in privatization of just about everything. So you can assume that schools would go right along with that as well. That's true. I think that in the world that we live in, if we had all private schools, then generally uh, kids would get better educations. There'd be competition to make sure that kids can get better education. If your kid wasn't being educated very well at one school, you'd have a choice to send to another school, whatever, you know. That's the general libertarian view on on education. you could If you want to keep your kids at home and not educate them, the state shouldn't have involvement in that. If you want to keep your heads, kids at home and educate them in the way that you want to, state shouldn't be involved in that either. Um, whatever. you guys know the libertarian views on those things, but we live in the real world. We do have public education. It's a fact, right? Um, we also have uh, public school teachers. that's a fact. Um, some teachers are very good at what they do. Some teachers are very bad at what they do. Some people are just, most are just somewhere in between. That's a fact too. But the good ones and the bad ones get paid the same no matter what, because that's just the way that public school system is. That's a fact also. They get paid based upon how long they've been working for the school system, not on merit, not how many kids do great in their classes, not nothing. There's, they, they don't get paid based upon how good they are, what they do, they get paid, because I've been here for 10 years and I've had a raise of 4% every year or 3% every year or whatever it is, you know, and that's it. So you hear on the campaign trail now, this is what you've been hearing, is that Bernie Sanders has been saying every teacher should make $60,000. Um, so that's where it really came out into my mind, is that this particular news station or this particular news you know, CBS Sunday morning, uh, was talking about teacher pay, not going up and that there was teachers striking and so forth. And they were trying to say that teachers should get more and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I don't dispute that they should get more. I don't. Um, I don't dispute that the bad ones should be let go or the the, the better ones should get more. But Bernie Sanders was saying we need to raise teacher pay to $60,000. So they get paid what they're worth and everything else. Um, and that be, that's becoming a talking point within the democratic on the Democratic side, right, where they're all trying to buy the teachers' votes, and they're going to be able to do that. Teachers typically vote for Democrats a lot of times anyway, um, but they're trying to buy the votes by getting these people to say, like, they're all bidding each other up. One wants $65,000, one want, 65, one want, one want 70000 whatever. Uh, some won't give us specific numbers, but they all say that teacher pay should go up higher, Um but they don't have any solutions. That they just say we need to pay the teachers high, higher wages, and that's going to help them out. Uh, it's not going to improve education. We've it's been it's been known that like private schools spend less on kids than public schools do, and they give they get better outcomes. Now a lot of that is to, has to do with the parenting. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that there's there's other things in, that take into account. For example, I heard uh, on the Tom Woods show today that I guess he was saying that they've done studies in the past where, you know, Asian students outperform white students and white students outperform African-American students on average, but they were saying that there's other things that you could take into account. Like, for example, the Asian student, if they came home, like on average, if they came home with like an A minus, they're going to get in big trouble. Like the parents have expectations of A's, right? Whereas the white student, they're going to have expectations of, you know, if they came home with a A, they're great. If they came home with like a B minus, then that's where the breaking point is that's where they get in trouble and then with the african-american students it's a, it's a c their parents expect c's are better um, not all of them but that's on average i guess they've done studies on that so it comes down to expectations that's why asian students typically outperform the white students and vice versa um, so there are other things that you can take into account that determine <clears throat> that determine the outcome on students but teachers pay and paying more per student does not or paying more per student does not necessarily increase the outcomes of those students. Private schools typically spend less on students per capita than public schools do and private schools typically have better education um, but i was do, i was looking at one particular study and this is what i'm getting at guys if you want to increase teacher pay if they want to increase teacher pay I'm all for it, let them have raises, let them have this, let them have that, because it is going to make the teachers happier, it's going to actually draw in better teachers in that way as well, right? Um, being a libertarian, like I said, I don't want to have the debate over the school, because you guys know how I feel about that, whether you should have public or private schools in general, but they want to increase these, t- these teachers' wages. They say this. This comes from like a study that was done in 2015. The number of bureaucrats within public school districts, right? For example, in South Carolina right now, I think our the person that's in charge of like the Richland School, the the Richland School District, which is part of the school district that I'm in, um, has like a three hundred thousand dollar salary or something like that, like outrageous. Gets paid more than the governor does. One of the highest salaries in the state is the is the person that's in charge of like the the school districts or something like that. Um, outrageous the pay that they're getting but the bureaucrats in general like if you go into the schools there's they say for, since 1955 the number of bureaucrats within the school districts have gone up like um like 500 percent whereas the number of school the number of teachers has gone up like one hundred or you know, hundred percent, maybe two hundred percent, but that's about it. You know, so the the growth of the bureaucrats has gone way way higher. And a lot of that has to do with trying to maintain certain things within the Department of Education, I've heard, where the Department of Education has certain standards that it causes them to have to have bureaucrats in order to do all the paperwork that goes along with that stuff. You go to these um school district offices and they're just glamorous luxury buildings, right? Um where there's no teaching going on there. There's not a teacher in there. There's not any. It's all people that are pushing paper. It's all bureaucrats that are not doing anything. That's it's non-teaching work. And uh, if you wanted to start paying, paying teachers more, get rid of twenty of them people. Get rid of rid of a hundred of those people. Start getting rid of tho- those salaries because those are thirty fifty thousand dollar a year salaries. Sometimes I mean there there's lots of room within the school system. To get rid of a lot of that bureaucracy but the problem is the problem is it gets back to the libertarian idea there's no incentive for these school districts to get rid of those employees they always and this is another thing that was in the study that I read they always seem to cut the teachers first not the bureaucrats whenever they're doing layoffs in 2008 when the school district started doing layoffs because of budget shortfalls they didn't cut the bureaucrats they cut the teachers more often than not. They cut the gym teachers and the the uh, science lab teachers and the art teachers and, and the music teachers. They did not cut the bureaucrats that were in, the, in those offices. That's a study across the board. So when the politicians say we need to raise teachers' wages, there are ways to do that within the school district without actually having to increase the budgets. Get rid of the fat. Get rid of those people that are non-teaching jobs have a principal at the school and have the teachers that do with their jobs and maybe an assistant principal and the secretary and all that stuff but all this other stuff that goes along with it that in the in the different different county offices and stuff there's a lot of those people that can go away I guarantee it if you got someone in there that can that can cut all that fat you can make a lot happen within the schools but that's not what the politicians talk about cuz they're trying to buy votes they don't have plans for this stuff they don't have um they all they want to do is buy votes. That's why you hear it on stage all the time. But it gets down to it, the libertarian idea that there's no profit motive within bureaucracy. There's no profit motive motive that politicians and there's and uh people that are in government they don't follow that. But if you went to a private school, they're gonna cut all the fat that they can because they have to make a profit at the end of the year. You go to a private high school, you go to a private middle school private elementary school they have a they they have to charge what they can they can charge to get the most people most butts in seats right and then at the end of the year they have to make a profit in some way else they're not going to stay open if they run a budget shortfall every single year if they overspend then they're not gonna they're not gonna stay in business very long because it's a business so if you ran the public education in the same way if you if you privatize it all we would be in a much better position because then you would have that situation happen you'd have you'd have education that tailors itself to every single income bracket no matter what um the best kids would get the best schooling and so forth i mean that's the kids that rise to the top would get what they get um you have that in some ways with like um in the public education system now where you have like uh gifted programs and so forth but it's not run like a business. So you're going to have teach. Oh, and then that's the other thing that I want to say is teachers pay in a private se- sector would get raised based upon the fact that um, the best teachers would get paid because there'd be more demand for those better teachers at different schools. They could demand a higher wage. But nowadays, with the way that the education system is set up, the major employer within that is, is, is government, right? So they kind of set the wage... Of what teachers are going to get paid and then the pri- private schools they kind of go along with what those people are going to pay- get paid is or they go along with what this teachers is going to get paid in public school and they kind of pay their teachers the same maybe a little bit less or maybe a little bit more just depends um but the wage is set in that because the market is so huge for public teachers that's that, that that's what they're gonna get paid they're going to get paid what they're going to get paid, right Let's say it's $35,000 a year at a college. And then you just kind of grow from there, get your master's degree. You might get a little bit more. Um, but I don't pretend to be an expert in education or public education by any means, but there are ways to increase teachers wages. And these politicians are going to pander and all that stuff. That's just what they do. Um, I would just say this is that as libertarians, we need to be aware of that stuff. We cannot sit there, and once people start making arguments for or against public education, we cannot just say, oh, just privatize everything, right? Because we live in the real world, guys. We live in a world where you can have solutions to problems that are going to better fit into the system that we have now, and then start freeing things up at that point. Start voting for people that are going to say, yeah, maybe we should make, or maybe we should privatize more within the school. There's Maybe we should cut the fat. Maybe we should lean towards less and not more. Maybe we should pay teachers more but cut some of the fat elsewhere because we're going to draw in better teachers to our school district. And if we start doing that, if we start supporting those types of policies that are incremental to get us towards liberty, that's where we start to get those wins because we do have a better way. We definitely do have a better way. But the politicians, what they're going to do is they're going to try to preach and they're going to try to... Pander and they're going to try to buy votes, and that's all they're there to do. Um, but the libertarian movement, we have a better way, and we could get to the point where everything's privatized and there's just a teeny tiny public school option. There, we really could get to that point, but we have to do it incrementally. We do, we have to show people and make people feel more comfortable that if we take those incremental steps and we get to that point then people start getting comfortable with more incremental steps towards liberty. And that's my goal with this show every single day, is to bring that to you so that you guys can see that um, there are better ways to get to where we want to go, right? We're all on the bus. I've heard that said by, I think it's like Jason Stapleton on his show. He always says, we're all on the bus, right? We need to get towards liberty. Um, Just move us towards liberty, and we're not going to go backwards. We're not going to hit that thing in reverse. So let's take those incremental steps, That we can take to get us there and one of those is supporting candidates that are going to bring more liberty to the public education system okay so um that's all i got for you guys i appreciate you continuing to listen to the show every single day i'm going to do this thing for you monday through friday until this election happens it can't come fast enough because i think tom wood said it the best on one of his shows the other day he said something something to the effect of this All these politicians are saying the same exact thing, and it's like a snooze fest, man. At least in the Republican debates, at least back then, uh, there was a little bit of fun to it because you had different aspects of things. And you had Donald Trump running, and he was just funny to watch, man. So, um, but yeah, I'll just continue to do this, and we're going to bring you a libertarian look at the 2020 election Monday through Friday until November 2020, all right? So keep on coming back, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So like I said if you know somebody that's in sales or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast. It's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to and that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton.